in nomini Patris et Filiae et Spiritus Sancte. Amen. Au nom du Père et du Fils et du Saint-Esprit. Amen. Iestu unama, tu patros, keto eio, keto agiot nevmatos. Amen. Genevran emeviot nemepshiri nembet nevmatoweb unoti enoot. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Hello, beautiful friends. I'm Natalie. And I'm Claudine. And welcome to Shukran Very Much, the podcast. This week we're talking about repentance. Hello, everybody. We're going to have a very interesting episode talking about something we all need desperately. I speak for myself first and foremost. But this week, like Natalie said, we're going to talk about repentance, more specifically how we can achieve a true repentance. And with us, we have a guest we are super excited to have on this podcast. Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) Please join me in welcoming. (laughs) That's very dramatic. Ashraf Ibrahim, how are you? I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I was actually very excited when you guys asked me to talk about repentance because I'm an expert at it. <laughs> I've done it so many times, but you didn't laugh at my joke when I texted that. So anyway, what do you? Really I think funny. I sent you like a laughing funny. emoji. Yeah, I? but that's not a real laughter. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Some new video of me just laughing? There's levels of emoji laughter. And well, I'm you just know what? I did. I did show it to my mom, and she laughed really okay, hard okay, too. Okay. Yeah, it was like my favorite joke of the day. <laughs> In fairness, it wasn't mine, but I I appropriated it. (laughs) Okay, we're going to start with a, what is it called? An icebreaker. Oh. Yeah. This is really So this is probably the most stressful part of the episode, right? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, every guest is always like, can you tell me before? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Okay, hit me. Okay, so if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live and why? Um, That's very easy. I live right here. Really? It's my dream. Absolutely. I have dreamed, I've dreamt of coming to Southern California for so many years since the day I was married. In fact, first time ever in California was my wedding day. Wow. You got married in California. <laughs> Where did you live before? In New York. Oh. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. I could say so many things about <laughs> New York right now, but I've lived there for 25, 26 years and I was so ready to move out here. What would you say to someone who's thinking about moving to New York? I'd say it's fun for a while, uh, but once you uh, you know get married and have kids and sort of move on in life, New York becomes a very difficult place to to live and raise a family, particularly a Christian centered family. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so um, you know, not that Southern California doesn't have its challenges, like driving everywhere. Of course, but that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> First thing I do is it Monday? Is it Monday? Monday? And when it's not Monday, I text you guys. (laughs) Where's my episode? (laughs) We're gonna get right into it because it's a big topic. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, very big question to start us off. Okay. (laughs) What is the importance of repentance? What is the importance of repentance? Mm -hmm. I think you can't have a relationship with God without knowing who you are and what He is to you and the basis of that is repentance uh, because the more you realize uh, who you are you are the son of God created in the image you are called to be saints you are his reflection his light and then you realize 
you're not those things. <laughs> you, <know>? you realize <laughs> your brokenness. Uh, and then uh, you return to him. And that's, to me, the key for repentance. Okay, um, so I think a lot of times, like, especially in Sunday school, when we talk to, like, little kids, God is depicted as, like, a very, like, merciful kind, which he is. Um, but why then should I even repent if I know that he's merciful and he will forgive me? You know, to, to be honest, the question... So I... I I don't disagree with what you're talking about, sort of the Sunday school version, but I think the question itself is a bit misdirected because we keep on saying things like, I should repent. I am the one repenting. And we put God in this very distant, like, he's angry at us and he's just waiting for our repentance. <clears throat> and it's it's really not like that at all. Um, if you think about repentance, it, it's one of the mysteries of the church. And as with any mystery of the church, we don't do it, and God doesn't just sit and receive it. Think about the Eucharist. Think about baptism. Think about the unction of the sick. It's, it's God who's actually doing the work. And what we do is we participate in it. And repentance to me is very much the same way. So, yes, God is merciful. God is loving. He doesn't stop being those things. And in his mercy and in his love, he's the one moving you to repentance, calling you to repentance. He's working in you. So this idea of we have to repent, uh, yes, there there is certainly an element of your own change of heart and your own change of mind and recognition of where you are, but it starts with him and it ends with him. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different verses. I mean, there's, for example... Uh, the Gospel of St. John says that the Holy Spirit convicts you. What does that mean, convict you? Like, sometimes we hear that word and we think, like, oh, we're convicted. Like, it's a legal thing. Like, oh, guilty. You know, (laughs) we're going to jail. But that's not what he means at all. That's not what he... He convicts you of righteousness. He he means, like, he's exhorting you. He's moving you. Like, come on. Come on, Claudine. Come on, Natalie. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right? And that happens in a way that we may never really understand. Uh, St. Paul says, for example, he prays uh, to, uh, he, he tells Timothy about some people that were, uh, you know, preaching like wrong dogma and were really giving Timothy a very hard time. He says uh, that God may grant them repentance. God granting them repentance. I think that's really cool because I always thought of it like repentance and confession together. And I always felt like repentance was like something I do, and then confessions like where God comes into play. I never thought of him being involved, but then that also calls to mind something I heard Nabuna say when he was talking about Judas. And he was like, well, even when he felt bad for it, he really felt like he needed to do all of it. Like he went back to the Pharisees and he gave them the money and he was like, you know what? I messed up. I have to fix this. It's all about him. He never for a minute thought to turn to God and be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the other part of repentance is it's continual. There's no, I've repented. I've confessed. Okay, I'm good until the next sin. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Our repentance is uh, always, it's present. We say in the liturgy, for example, <clears throat> those who are in repentance, grant them mercy. Who are in repentance, not those who have repented or who want to repent. And so you're right that even even after we've done our part of, uh, you know, remorse and thinking about our sins and then confession and so on, there's there's a returning to Christ and that's the beginning of hope. 
and, and a relationship. And the more you get closer to him, the more you realize that there's more to repent about, you know? And that's the beauty of love. Yeah, so you actually brought up remorse, and that, that's perfect, because I read something about something called the four R's of repentance, mm. and it was like the components of a true repentance, but mm. the source wasn't Coptic, <coughs> so I wanted to see why what you thought you, of why it. Why are you reading that? That's yeah. terrible. It's oh like, there's four words. Can we edit this later? Oh, or? my God. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, it said, to be clear to the listeners, that's a joke, right? We're yeah. Being, okay. <laughs> so the four R's were recognition, remorse, restitution, and resolve. Mm. And like, I, I, I don't know. I felt like that was, for me, it felt more like, okay, if I made, like, if I did something to Natalie mm-hmm. and I was oh trying gosh. to make up for it, then I would do those things. But it was so difficult for me to understand like restitution mm. to God, because it's like, it's the same concept as like what could i ever do to be worthy of his love mm. like you, you can never you can't you can't and you mm. fall into the danger of thinking you're right once you've repented you know past tense as if that's mm-hmm. a thing you're now righteous i'm good now yeah um and if you think of a your part in repentance because we talked about there's a grace element to it your part in repentance yes there's a remorse but the remorse is not a basis for okay now i've got to make up to it you know with god it's simply just to return to him and realize the you know the deepness of your uh, brokenness your abyss and only god can get you out and let him do the rest i don't think you have to focus so much about now i have to sort of um you know do these x y and z things to you know get back to my level of where i was and you know 30 psalms and whatever matanya is i mean all those things have a purpose don't get me wrong but that's not to be thought of as you know our uh restitution to god or offering to god to make him to make him happy but the point about remorse that brought it up is remorse and guilt those are godly things i mean I i don't want us to go so much to the other side that there is no guilt or remorse in our repentance there is saint paul says for example that uh, godly sorrow produces repentance so the, the idea of being sorrowful and yes you do feel the stain of your sin and the stain of guilt lead that into your increased love for what jesus did for you and that's the repentance that he wants he doesn't want sort of more offerings uh to make it up but i have heard abuna say where it's like when you sin and then afterwards you feel like oh i'm not worthy or whatever it's like the devil has like first he tempts you to do the sin after that he's like look at you you're not worthy you're not this so where does the guilt go from like a godly feeling to like just temptations to not even attempt for yeah i i think it's where it's directing you <clears throat> so the 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 thoughts of uh your recognition of being not worthy you aren't not worthy mm-hmm. um you know the moment you think you're worthy then then you have a different problem yeah. but your lack of worthiness what do you do with that and so if you want to fill yourself with christ and where does it take you does it take you to hope does it take you to the resurrection does it take you to new depths of his love or does it be like, uh, you know, n- now you look at yourself differently? Like Judas, just like you said, he, he repented. He really did. He said he was sorry, but he went to the Pharisees to give back money. That was his restitution. You know, they threw it. And then he just lost hope. He didn't go back to Christ. So do you think he was just missing, like, the resolve 
of like is it a, do you think that all of these r's are applicable in in reality or are they just more textbook the, the, my approach and mm -hmm. and i think this is unique to the orthodox church I don't think we should sit and sort of classify the four R's and the five T's and the like. I think that becomes a little bit mm -hmm. mechanical. But if you throw yourself like the the um, the sinful woman, mm -hmm. you know, she to me is such a beautiful pattern of repentance in Luke chapter seven. What what did she do? All she did was she come in and she simply threw herself at his feet. There were no words exchanged, you know. She did pour, uh, you know, fragrance on his feet. She washed his feet, but those were offerings from the heart. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we need to overcomplicate it more than that. So, if if you say he did repent, what do you think is then the problem? Like, where, where what did he miss? So his his repentance started well. He realized he made a mistake. And, and he felt bad. Mm -hmm. But what did he do? He tried to correct his mistake with the Pharisees. And then what? Right? Then he still felt bad. And he didn't go back to Christ, like you said. Yeah. Uh, St. Peter, mm -hmm. who's the opposite way, felt bad. Yeah. Weeped bitterly, is what the gospel says. And what happened to him? He went back to Christ. He didn't. He didn't yeah. give up. Saint Paul. He 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 says he describes himself in his letters as the chief of all sinners. I I don't think he was being. You know how we are. Like oh, I'm the worst, and like <laughs> but, but really I'm not. You know, yeah. like no. He meant it. He meant it. Why did he mean it? Because he was the one going out murdering Christians. Literally, and yeah. literally, right. So you walk into a church and people look at him. And they're like, oh, you? Really? <laughs> you know? I think I had a Sunday school servant once tell me this, and I, I don't know why it hit me for the first time in my life. Because it was after one of the like church bombings in Egypt. Mm. And they're like, if one of those terrorists came to liturgy, how would you feel? Exactly. That's exactly how they felt yeah. with St. Like, Paul. And yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah. And and to be, to be uh, really accurate about it, a lot of the apostles felt the same way. Mm -hmm. And if you read the book of Acts... One person in particular was the one that sort of took him by hand and say, like, look, he's, you know, he, he's really changed. He's not the same. The guy called Barnabas. Mm -hmm. Right. And so even the apostles were like a little bit skittish about this guy, just like you said, the, you know, the persecutor shows up. Mm -hmm. But what happened to him? Right. So he meets the very person he's persecuting. Right. So you still have that shock. The same, same thing that Judas felt, same thing that St. Peter uh, felt. And he repented for three days straight. He was blind and he didn't eat. But he was baptized and he turned to Christ. He saw his light. So I think, I think I'm really just saying what you're saying. I mm -hmm. think the difference is the return to him. You turn to God and he'll turn to you. Let, mm -hmm. it, let him do his work in you. I think it's kind of like what you said, Natalie, like his mercy. I think that might be what was the problem with Judas is he... Like I said earlier, he like relied on himself, mm. and I think that what I'm getting from what you're saying is, and then he forgot to rely on God's mercy at mm. the end. Yeah, like you can't get there by yourself. Yeah. What yeah. do you think we can learn from Saint Paul's repentance? Because it is the Apostles' Fest. Uh, I, I, Saint Paul is one of those characters that are so near and dear to my heart. I think he is such a genuine 
fiery, mm-hmm. real personality, and he has a ton of ups and downs. And when he, you know, loves, he loves very hard. When he gets mm-hmm. annoyed, he gets annoyed very hard. Mm-hmm. Like he gets into fights with other apostles. He like, and that just shows the genuineness of who he is. So what, what I would say, the, the thing that just you know bursts from the page when I read Saint Paul's letters or Acts is just how genuine and honest and real he is and we could do the same in our repentance i don't think we have to uh put on this like pattern on ourselves of what we think god wants uh and you know everyone falls into this like oh you know geez i haven't confessed in a long time i probably should say this this and this and oh yeah i haven't like done this and you're just kind of like saying things that you think should be said But, you know, it's a different thing when you say, like, look, you know, my, my whole relationship with God actually is not, it's not the fire that, that was promised me, like, what's going on? Or, uh, Abuna, I really have nothing to say. And that's my problem. You know, I have nothing to say. So I think, I think with St. Paul, there was such a, a, a real element to his love and his um, repentance and um, and his tutorship to all the other uh, disciples and and uh, apostles. Yeah, even complained about you know the thorn in the flesh, right? Like I just wish this thing was taken away. Like you know, it's not like people accept like oh you know no, but he was he was right there. I want I want it away. I don't yeah. want it. Yeah, I also feel like that's a lot like Saint Peter because Saint Peter I. Well, I honestly, he's always like the angry one with all due respect, <laughs> obviously. Like he's very like a fiery personality and has a very interesting temperament. Mm. And I feel like they're very similar in that way. When you describe St. Paul that way, I'm like, yeah. Because yeah. he also had like the huge turnaround. And so what I guess is like, they both have this temperament, like you said, that makes them so like passionate yeah. about what they do. And, and, so. and everybody has their personality mm-hmm. like flaws too. And, and I don't think we should change them Mm -hmm. but i think we should use them to glorify god and god will take your brokenness and your weakness and make it his strength so if you're a person that gets like you know frustrated very quickly Mm -hmm. okay but get frustrated about uh your you know enthusiasm for righteousness Mm -hmm. or for your holiness or for your prayer or zeal turn that into a holy zeal and god will help you with that that's the grace that he gives you I think that's what I love about the apostles is like every one of them is so different that mm. you're you're bound to find one you relate to. So you were talking about how St. Paul was just so real mm. and the Google definition, um, it's not a cop of source. real. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 the Google as long as it's not chat GPT. Um, no. <laughs> um, that's actually how we make all of these questions. Really? Just, I'm actually yeah. an AI just to look at Ashraf isn't real. <laughs> Well, technically, his name is Ashraf Ibrahim. Oh, uh, oh my God! My <laughs> that is so genius. That's so funny. Um, but you, so the Google definition for repentance is like sincere regret and remorse, which is kind of like what you're talking about about Saint Paul and how real and sincere he was. So, can we ever really achieve like a true, full repentance? Because I feel like what God did for us and kind of like dying on the cross is so big that me like just being such a sinful like me and my sinful nature like can i ever really repent but i I, what i would say is stop thinking as repentance as like a state of like i've repented and this was a good repentance and it's true and i don't think that's uh, uh, you'll ever reach that even saint paul says he's always reaching for the goal saint paul is reaching like you haven't even gotten it yet no i'm reaching 
But I do think you have to let God work in you. So uh, many sinners in the in the Bible didn't even realize their sin. Think about St. Paul. He didn't know what he was doing was, you know, a terrible thing. Think about, mm-hmm. you know, David when he fell into adultery. He was cool with it. Like, you know, he had how many concubines and he was the king and maybe he even thought this was his right. It wasn't until God pointed it out to him, whether it was the appearance to Saint to Saul at the time in Acts nine or or the prophet Nathan, right? So so God will bring to your attention some things, and if you have the the desire and the ability to recognize, and at that point don't resist, but recognize from where you fell and repent, just like the Lord says. Then I think I think that's a true repentance, e- even though it may not cover like every single thing you've done. But he's the one that's bringing you. Like, look, you know, I want Natalie. Like, focus on this thing with me. Like, this this is what I want you to to address right now. Um. So I kind of wanted to talk about like the sacrament of confession, like in the Coptic Church. Like, how exactly does it wipe away my sins? The 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 wiping away of sins happened the reconciliation with heaven happened the the blood on the cross is what wipes away your sins that's in the first epistle of saint john the confession and the absolution from the priest is the recognition of that the public recognition of that so for, you know in the early church for example there was no confession with the priest there was a confession to the church you you got up like you know right there. No. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> baby. Like you no. know, you think going to a priest is bad. You had to go to the church. I mean, even even um, uh, Saint Paul says, confess to one another your sins. I don't, he didn't he didn't mean that to confess to Abuna, but confess to each other. Um, and so the public recognition of it was an important element. The the absolution that comes from the priest is the acceptance that God has heard you, the church has heard you, your repentance is genuine, and the Lord forgive the priest does not forgive you. I mean, just a lot of people think that by you know the priest reading the absolution now you're forgiven. No, no, the priest is the one that even if you read his absolution, it's it's Christ who forgives you. Because you could um, like there are people who probably pass away without actually confessing who still have their sins forgiven, right? Yeah, I mean, there's many examples in the Synaxarium. There's the thief on the cross, for example, who oh, well, confessed. Yeah. He, con- I mean, he confessed the right confession, yeah. which is directly yeah. to Christ. You know? I know, but that's different because he literally had God next yeah. to him. Yeah, but is is God not here right now? <laughs> like, is God uh, not? Uh, you know, like, so uh. I'm not saying don't go to confession. It's a mm-hmm. mystery of the church. It's yeah. there for your benefit. But I'm saying at the end of the day, we don't put God in a box and yeah. say, oh, you know, he never really confessed. That's. Yeah. Yeah, and we should stop this idea of <clears throat> we're the ones that's going to determine whose whose confession was accepted and whose whose. But isn't that one of the things they say to the priest? Like, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins yes, of any, yes, for sure, for sure. So then, doesn't he have that power? He, but he's not forgiving the sins. I mean, yeah. Then the, why do they say that to them when they're ordaining? Them? He he's no. Well, that's the words of Christ. He says, "Receive the Holy Spirit. Whatever sins you have." Uh, whatever sins you, you, well, let's get it out because I don't want to misquote it. So as you as you're looking it up, I, the the important connection there is receive the Holy Spirit. So it's it's not the human being that yes he heard those words and now I have this like magic, of uh, I'm going to. You found the verse. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is it Matthew 24 or 25? John 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to ask Chad GBT. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so read it first. Yeah, it's if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Yeah. Uh, but what does he say before that? John 20, 22. Uh, there you go. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Right. So this Holy Spirit, this breathing of them, that's not the breath of the Pentecost, right? Because that came later. This is the breath of the Holy Spirit giving them the mystery of the priesthood. Mm -hmm. So why would he do that if these people can just go around forgiving sins on their own? So who's doing the forgiving? Oh. Right? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the okay, work yeah. of God who mm -hmm. forgives. It, it, it is only God who can forgive. Right, yeah. which is which is uh, easier to say? The Lord, uh, the Lord said to the Pharisees, "Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven, mm -hmm. or raise up your bed and walk?" Yeah. Okay. So, wh so why give it to the priest? Because the priest has there's a human element to it. There's like a physical element to it. So when the priest puts his hand on you, he is using the work of the Holy Spirit, exercising the authority that was or I should say really the the blessing given to him or the grace yeah. given to him of the Holy Spirit working and God forgiving. Right in the Old Testament for example there were these types where uh, there were sin offerings and you know people would go in and offer their offerings and the the priesthood of the Old Testament would do his thing, you know, sacrifice and you know put his hand on the oxen and so on. If it was God who was forgiving, why did you have to do all these things? Yeah. Because that's what I was about to say. Like there are people from other sects of Christianity who would just be like, "Well, I well I have a personal relationship with God, so I could just confess my sins to Him directly. I don't need to go to a priest." Right. Yeah. Right. So how do we answer that? Yeah. We say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> go ahead. Now, based off of what you said, I'm guessing we tell them like, "Well, they don't really confess it in their own authority. They don't don't absolve it in their own authority." <coughs> So it's not like I'm going to the priest. The priest is just symbolic of God. It, it's more than that. There's When we say there's a mystery, mm -hmm. the mystery isn't just a symbol. When you, when you have the Eucharist, is, is the bread and the wine that we offer, are those just symbols of the body and the blood? No. No. No, no but they're really body and blood. Okay, and so in the mystery, but how? What's well, a mystery? Okay, mystery. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't taste like body. Yeah. It doesn't taste like blood. Well, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. In the in the mystery of uh, marriage, right? The two shall become one flesh. The how? There's still two people. It's the same with the mystery of repentance. Mm -hmm. God works. It's God who works. But He decides to work through the priest, right? Can Can you have a Eucharist without a priest? No. No. The why? I can have a relationship with God. I can put bread on my table and say, God, do it. I mean, can he do it? Yeah, yeah. sure, he can. And if he wants to, he will. Right? But that's not how he decided to work. That's not the 
uh, church that he established. That's a different church. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of a cheesy question, but let's say I'm just too embarrassed to confess something. Like yeah. I did something and I just, I can't sit in front of Abuna and just tell him, right. like, what can I do? I think you should start before that. Because it sounds like from your question, you're going to Abuna and thinking about something for the first time. But if your real shame came from your transgression against God. No, well, it can be that. But you're still, even if we think about it, the bigger picture, I'm still sitting in front of Abuna, who's a human being. And I'm telling him about this thing that I did that I don't want to tell anyone. Right. Can it just be absolved without me saying it out loud? Or do I have to? Uh, I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I would encourage you guys not to think of this as some like formulaic magic thing where I have to say these <laughs> words. You know, it does sound like witchcraft. <laughs> if I say this, then he hears and extends arm. You know, like it, <laughs> it feels like there's no love of God in here. Yeah. Right. What What I'm encouraging you to think of is if you're if you're genuineness before God, even before you get to Abuna. I think it will be pretty natural that by the time you get to Abuna, like, who cares what he thinks? Like, it's, you know, my savior, like, you can't hide from God. Yeah. Right? So, you don't, I mean, and plus some Abunas are better. Like, I don't know if you have to say words like, you know, Abuna, I did this, this, and this gory detail, and then, you know, that. I mean, I think they probably get it. Sometimes you just look at Abuna, especially if it's not the first time, he'll be like, okay. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and you're probably not the only person. Yeah. Well, on that topic, what if there are sins that we keep repeating over and over again and we just feel like we're trapped by them? Yeah. What steps can we take to overcome them or do we just live with them? I, I mean, keep at it. I, I think there's not, ne- we shouldn't have this expectation of we're never going to fall into a sin or that same sin again. But I think we know that if we were to fall because of our weakness, there's a loving father who's there waiting for us. So uh, it, it, you're probably frustrated, like, oh, you know, I can't believe I did this again. Good, you know, keep at it, keep at it. It's it's uh, it's like you know, mile whatever on the marathon. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. a lot more to do, a lot of training. So there are obviously a lot of amazing examples of repentance in the yeah. Bible. We because it's the Apostles' Fast, we talked about Saint Peter and Saint Paul and how amazing they were. And you brought up the sinful woman, but I, I really feel like we have to bring up the prodigal son. It yeah. wouldn't be an episode of repentance without. Oh my gosh, I lo- yeah. I love the prodigal mm-hmm. son, and I love the prodigal son for so many reasons that's not talked about. Oh, interesting. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. So now that I have your attention, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like thinking about the prodigal son in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the perspective of the older son. Oh. Okay. Because actually the prodigal son is a parable that falls into uh, two other parables in Mm -hmm. Luke chapter 15. Okay. And yeah, check me on that because. (laughs) All right. Um, The the parable of the uh, lost coin and the parable of the lost sheep. And what's interesting about all three of those parables is it started out with an incident with the Lord, and then he hit people with these three parables. So I I like to think of the three parables as a unit. Mm -hmm. The incident was Christ was teaching sinners and tax collectors and basically all the rejects of society. Mm -hmm. 
So the Pharisees came to him and said, like, what are you doing with these people? And then he gave them these three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, or the prodigal son. And the point of the lost sheep and the lost coin is the rejoicing, the rejoicing of finding the thing that was lost. And he's telling the Pharisees, because you're not rejoicing. Here I am with these lost people trying to you know, be the shepherd to them. I found the coin. And you're actually upset about this. So now you come to the lost son or the prodigal son. I think the most or one of the most powerful points about that is the Pharisee, who is the older brother, and he sees the younger son come back and he's all upset. And he has every right to be upset because the younger son did some pretty terrible things. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But he wasn't rejoicing because what was lost is now found. And I feel we do the same thing Mm -hmm. all the time. We focus on other people's sins, other people's repentance. We get all of these like very, you know, uh, technical questions about repentance. We get all into all this stuff about how everybody else, you know, is repenting. But what about your own? We, we don't like to talk about that. So that's the thing about the prodigal son. The other thing about the prodigal son, and this is the part that no, you're never going to hear anywhere. It's probably wrong, but I like, <laughs> but I like to think about it. Is we have this we have this idea that the prodigal son he leaves the father he spends all his money on prodigal uh, living and then what happens a famine hits the land and he gets to a very low state and then he comes to his senses that's what the verse says yeah. he comes to his senses and he says I'm going to go back to my father who had all of these resources and he had servants and food and I'm going to say to him father I have sinned against heaven and against you, but make me as one of your hired servants. Okay? I wonder what his motivation was. Let's be honest here. Mm. Is he really repentant or is he just hungry? Oh. Okay? Yeah. I wonder. I really wonder. I'm, I'm not... Okay. <laughs> to be clear, this is yeah. not dogma. This is yeah. not patristic. This is just this is your kind of reading the text. Okay? So, let's say... He just wants to be fed. I mean, he's hungry. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that's pretty abusive. He, he abused his dad, yeah. right? Took half his stuff away. And he wanted to leave his dad's house. I wonder why. Probably to do stuff he wasn't allowed to do in his dad's house, right? Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is the type of person. Mm-hmm. He comes back to his dad. Now, do you think his dad is stupid? No. 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 Do you think his dad, like, oh, that's my son again. I bet you he wants more money. Right? That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. You know? But what happened? What did he do? He does not he, care. He does not care. Exactly. He runs to him and falls on his neck. I really don't care what your motivation is. I just want you back. That's so cute. See? Now I want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you see it like that? And I feel like we don't approach God that way. Yeah. yeah. We don't approach. We've never thought about it that way. No one's ever said it that way. Well, that's probably because it's not right, but what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, but I actually think it's a really good point. I like that. Yeah. So I I just wonder if we approach God that way <clears throat> and we said, you know, even my motivations are broken. I, I just want, like, I come to you and I want to repent and I want to feel good, but I- I- even that's messed up. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw myself at your feet and then you do the rest. 
you know? Wow. Yeah. What a perfect Mic way. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. No, there's the mic's right here. It's not uh, <laughs> We remember that, that was a bad, that was a bad joke. So <laughs> <laughs> I have to end it with a bad joke. Yeah, I was just about to be like, what a perfect way to end this episode. And then you oh, made that yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the older brother. About, um, about how we do that sometimes. How yeah. do people... Yeah. We don't welcome back people who have sinned we and don't. stuff. Yeah. We and don't. Since it is the Apostles' Fast, I do want to end with one more Apostle connection. I feel yeah. like just back to what we you were saying about St. Paul and how the Apostles didn't want him and all of that and how they were kind of being the older brother there. Yeah. yeah. And and his, his uh, talk about accepting mm-hmm. people, right? His major contribution to all of Christianity was that God chose him to be the vessel of the gospel to the Gentiles. Yes. None of us would be Christian. I mean, I could say that fairly confidently. None of us would be Christian if it weren't for St. Paul. Yeah. Right? Because he took the message to people that weren't Jews. And I can imagine that reaction today if, you know, someone went out and tried to, like, evangelize to, like, people that are so far away from us, Right? there'd still be this like not genuine acceptance and you know just it happens all the time we see people that are like us and uh i just wonder what what would it be like if we accepted you know anybody who christ brought into your way Amazing. Shukran very much, Ashraf, nah, for your very time. Much. <laughs> <laughs> and Shukran very much to all of our beautiful friends who tuned in and listened. Please follow us on all of our social media sites and make sure to send in questions which you could find on our website or show notes. Shukran very much for listening, and we'll see you next week.